Welcome to The Bid, where we break down what's happening in the markets and explore the forces changing the economy and finance. I'm your host, Oscar Polito. From our episode last year on emergency savings, we discovered that 37% of all Americans can't afford an unexpected expense of $400. And for Black families, that number is 72%. So how can these statistics be overcome to allow communities to save for the future and build wealth? Talking about buying a home, that's great, but a lot of people are just trying to buy a car. These are all these things that can generate wealth for your family, but nobody had decoded it or at least explained it in a way that felt transferable to a community. I'm pleased to welcome Troy Millings and Rashad Bilal, founders of Earn Your Leisure, or EYL. Founded in 2018, EYL has grown into a multimedia business platform, an online educational platform focused on business, finance, and entrepreneurship, and also a successful podcast. Thank you guys for joining us on The Bid. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. So Troy and Rashad, tell us a bit more about the Earn Your Leisure story. How did this become a personal passion for you? And maybe tell us a little bit about your stories, your personal stories of how you met and what caused EYL to come to life. We met in middle school. We grew up together in the same town, a small town in Westchester County. And we just became friends, played basketball together. As we started to choose our professional careers, he was a teacher in the Bronx and I was a financial advisor when I came out of college. So we combined to have financial literacy by working in the classroom, teaching financial literacy to kids. That spread to social media and a variety of other things that was happening at the time with the beginning of Instagram me as a financial advisor using Instagram to grow my practice outside of the traditional realm of cold calling and going to networking events and doing seminars. And I saw that the new age of social media would be a good way to grow the practice and to get attention on my financial services business. And that was the birth of Earn Your Leisure five years ago. It came at the perfect intersection of our careers. Like you said, I was teaching. He had just started his financial advising career. Originally, it was just to scale his brand when he was trying to figure out how to become a celebrity financial advisor. It was like, how do we do it? We need a hashtag because that's big on social media. I said, look, earn your leisure is going to be the hashtag. It has to be the hashtag. It encompasses everything that people have a misconception about, right? They think that there's no hard work that goes into it. They think that everything is given. They think we're silver spoon kids because we're from Westchester. They never see the hard work that was put into the things we had to accomplish. Earn your leisure was the perfect title for it. It does seem if you're going to start a platform around financial literacy, no better combination to have than a teacher and somebody who worked in the financial sector. Tell us more about Earn Your Leisure. We described it as a platform. Really, there's a lot of initiatives that go on. Maybe tell us a bit about some of those initiatives. Yeah, we have a podcast network. So we have six shows under the umbrella. That's a major part of what we do as well as far as daily content that's produced on the social media side. Then we do events. We have a very big event called InvestFest, which is a financial literacy festival of sorts. We combine the best fields and elements of festival, a business conference, and kind of put it together. So that's in Atlanta every year. Last year, we had 20,000 people there. We've had people like Steve Harvey and Tyler Perry, Rich Paul, Kathy Woods, Mike Novogratz, Dan Kathy. We also do other events. We were just on a world tour for our show Market Mondays, which is a stock market show. So we went to Ghana, Toronto, London, LA, and Chicago. We've done shows on South by Southwest, Art Basel, New York Fashion Week. The event aspect of it is very big for us. And then we're also working on curriculum 
for a school district. So that will be ready very soon. The idea is to have a new age curriculum as far as what has been taught traditionally in school is the same thing over the last century. And very few things have changed. A lot of school districts still don't have financial literacy as something that's mandatory or even optional. We were in school, financial literacy wasn't taught, and our school still doesn't have financial literacy to this day. So we want to teach financial literacy to young people because we feel like if you can educate a kid, they have a much better chance at success than an adult. So those are just a few things that we have under the umbrella that we're currently working on. The backstory is that this really started with an iPhone and an idea in my dining room, and we were just creating a mission on trying to liberate people from financial trauma, trying to educate them on financial prowess, really. It spawned into this. And so every time we look, what is needed in our community? How can we help? How can we help? It's been an amazing journey. I've also forgot we have a subscription-based model as Ah, well called Ah, EYL University. So that's more of a hands-on learning. We have around 8,000 members in that. Everybody's welcome. Anybody can receive the education, but some people need more of a hands-on learning experience. So we have a private school model with EYL University. The original show was just me and him doing case studies and giving background information on different financial topics and different business topics and culture as well. And then early on, we had an episode where a restaurateur broke down his entire business model and we were sitting back like, oh, this is the new format. And when people heard the episode, they wanted more information. And so now there's an opportunity to have a private education piece where now you could actually talk to the person who was on the episode. Stock market was the same thing when during the pandemic. We saw the market crash. People were trying to figure out how can I make money, especially since I'm sitting at home with the pandemic, we couldn't go anywhere. We had been preparing the entire time to educate, but the pandemic expedited everything because now everybody was locked in. How do I have multiple streams of income? And we had all these episodes with professionals who had been given the details of how they created their businesses. So the timing was perfect. It's interesting. I think about like school back in the day was thick textbooks with a lot of information. And if that was the way you were teaching folks these days, I think they'd turn away pretty quick. But nowadays, you have a lot of different ways to convey that information, social media, subscription, events, and that maybe brings people closer to a topic that can feel intimidating. So on this podcast, on The Bid, we've talked with BlackRock colleagues about things like employee-sponsored retirement plans or 401ks. We've talked about emergency savings, and we've talked about these things as a way for people to chart a path to more financial security. What does the Earn Your Leisure curriculum teach people about building and growing wealth? I think it teaches a variety of different things. It really just depends on where you're at. So you can pick it up as you go or what's important to you. Credit, what does credit mean? How to build credit, how to utilize credit effectively how to utilize business credit, how to build business credit. These are all things that's extremely important for individuals, employees, and entrepreneurs. Of course, real estate is a major part of what we have taught since the beginning of the foundation of Earn Your Leisure. The biggest purchaser in your life will be a home. And there's really no education on buying a home at any stage in life, right? From high school to college. If you don't know the process of buying a home, then you're really just relying on the bank to guide you through it. And especially if your parents were not homeowners, who's to know if you're getting taken advantage of? Who's to know if you're getting the best rate? Who's to know what a difference between a home that you're actually building from the ground up as opposed to a home that you're renovating? Stock market investing, of course. So educating people on 
what is an ETF? What is an index fund? What's the difference between an index fund and an ETF? Is it a good idea to invest in tech stocks? Like individual stocks as opposed to collective. Saving for your retirement. Getting the tax deduction for your 401k. What's the difference between a 401k and an IRA? What's the difference between an IRA and a pension plan? These are things, once again, that there's really no education for. Most people, the average American, their wealth is either in their 401k plan or their home. And those are two things that most people are very uneducated on. So teaching people about the fundamental aspects of the stock market, not just day trading, not just stock options, that's probably 10% of the information that we're providing. 90% of the information is more on the fundamental long-term investing and how to have the emotional intelligence for the stock market. That's another thing, right? Like people panic if you buy a stock and it goes down and you want to sell it, then the stock goes back up and you start chasing it. Of course, we're in a new age, so you have to talk about Web3, crypto, artificial intelligence. But that's some of the core pillars that we've built the platform on. Yeah, I think it goes for all ages. And so when you're talking about buying a home, that's great. But a lot of people are just trying to buy a car and understanding the difference between leasing and buying and the advantage of it. What are the tax advantages of buying and leasing? What's the advantages of having it inside of your business name? So when we talked about the 6,000 pound rule, right, this became a viral moment and we started hearing people discussing it around us and it was like, wow, this is really good information. But it existed for so long. That's kind of why I was telling you prior to sitting down was that decoding process. These are all these things that can generate wealth from a sustainable standpoint for your family, but nobody had decoded it or at least explained it in a way that it felt transferable to a community. Demystifying the financial landscape, which we can relate to actually in terms of a lot of the discussions that we have on this podcast. And you also mentioned that the origins of Earn Your Leisure was for more like the students, children, or let's say high school students, but you noticed that gap existed also at their level of their parents. So it was cross generations. And you know that gets me to one of the findings that the Wall Street Journal reported on recently, which was that Black investors are now the biggest new group of retail investors and goes on to say 68% of Black Americans under 40 are now investing. So why is this trend emerging now? I think it's incredible. First and foremost, if you look at the start of when they began taking the statistic, it was around 2019. It just so happens that we started our mission in 2019. And so I like to think that we had a little part to play in that. But it's encouraging because people are looking at themselves and saying, again, it goes back to that age old adage, one income is too close to none. And it's tough to save your way to wealth. Investing is very important. And so to hear that statistic, to understand that people are looking at creating brokerages accounts and looking at their long-term financial gains, it's an incredible stat. We've seen and we've heard all the statistics. This is one of the ways to combat it. We can talk about real estate. We can talk about investing. But these are just steps. It's extremely humbling and gratifying to know that that is at that number. But Let's see what happens when it's 90%, when it's 100%. Because like I said, it's tough. It's almost impossible to save your way to wealth. You have to invest. You have to create businesses and other ways to create generational uh, income. I would say that the reason for that is social media. The New York Times had a term where they call it finfluencers, like financial influencers. There's been institutions around forever. There's been banks around forever. And that hasn't moved the needle. So having people that speak in a language that you understand and are relatable is something that is beneficial. So I definitely think that that would probably be the majority reason for that uptick in young Black people investing. Let's go back to that cohort of Black investors now getting more involved in the market. What are they investing in? 
And do you see any trends among this cohort, among the Gen Z, the millennial type that you come across? You see a lot of people invested in tech stocks. Everybody's investing in right now. All the chip stocks, that's what's leading the market. Black investors, young investors, because they can relate to the company. They understand it. They know that artificial intelligence is now and is going to lead the future. We'll see how it plays out. But definitely that's something that has gotten people excited over the last 12 months for sure. Yeah, I'd be interested to look at the correlation between those accounts that they said that 68% and the correlation between the amount of money that's been poured into ETFs. They've hit record numbers over the past five years. It's beautiful to hear, right? We're talking about what are they invested in rather than them not being invested. Tech, a lot of people are looking at opportunities around them more so than they ever have. The mindset has changed, but the vision and the landscape has changed as well as now we're walking around seeing each thing that we probably have our eyes on has a company that is running it. So I think it's a beautiful time, but that correlation will probably be interesting. The, the amount of money poured into ETFs with the amount of new brokerage accounts that are open, especially for our community. When we talked about the various initiatives that EYL has going on, Rashad, I think you mentioned InvestFest. So let's just go back to that. I must confess, I did a little bit of research before this and I found a video of, I think it was this past year's InvestFest. And I think there was a drone flying through the convention center. And I remember thinking, there's not just a couple hundred people there. It looks like a couple thousand. And you said it was 20,000. And it did occur to me, you might need a blimp <laughs> to fly overhead if you want to capture the whole audience. So tell us more about InvestFest and tell us more about this term that I heard you say once, edutainment, how that captures, I think, what you're trying to do at InvestFest. When we were putting together InvestFest, we wanted to break the mold and be different. So even with the wording, festival was a word that I had never heard used in conjunction with finance or business. Now it has been used several other times, but at that point in time, I had never heard it. So if we can combine a festival element and festivals have become very big over the last couple of years, especially music festivals, it was like, okay, well, how do we have the excitement of a music festival, but educational, like a business conference? That shot that you saw, that room holds 15,000 people. So we wanted to create that rock star element, right? You come on stage and there's smoke and there's fire and Mike Novogratz walks out. So it's just like a different aspect to highlight entrepreneurs. But we also, as far as the edutainment, so just being in education and learning from teachers that in order to get kids' attention, you have to have some level of education attached to it but it has to be entertaining at the same time. Adults are the same way. If you just make things plain and boring, people will check out. Putting all of those things together and merging pop culture with business, which was the original thesis of Earn Your Leisure, was to blend pop culture with business. And that's happened in a real-life format as far as InvestFest is concerned. So you have a vendor marketplace, you have the food experience, you have musical performances, you have live podcasts, you have a keynote address, you have panel discussions. It's all happening simultaneously. So that was something, like I said, I think that we broke the mold with InvestFest and it's just grown every single year. One year the first year we had around 5,000 people. The next year we had 14,000. Last year we had 20,000. It's just a lot of good energy. It goes back to that core principle that I talked about. That kid who walks in the classroom sees a note on his desk and realizes that he's going to learn today about financial education through a lyric from his favorite artist. It's like, now the relatability is there. I could imagine edutainment in the classroom. 
all right, here's the Beyonce lyric. It's put some respect on my check, pay me an equity. Now this is a financial lesson. What's equity? Is that how do you get equity inside of a company? That's always been the core principle and it's been elevated to a point where now, like you said, InvestFest becomes a place, it's the center place for culture and business, right? People are looking to network, they're looking to raise funds, they're looking to potentially invest in people and in themselves. So we're very proud of it. This year, be no different. This year is going to be the biggest one yet. I can think of a few classes I've taken over the years where I could have used some of this entertainment aspect to liven it up. But you guys have thought about the experience for the person attending as much as the curriculum and the information itself and making sure that both are important to keep the engagement level high. Look, it's clear that both of you have had a massive impact on investors over the last few years. And talk to us a little bit about what's been the key to success and the popularity of Earn Your Leisure. And where do you see this going from here? The key to success has definitely been the relatability, has been the democratization of financial literacy and business. That's probably the number one thing. Yeah. And like you said, we're super excited about the curriculum. We're going to start here in New York, but this is not just an issue that is synonymous with just New York. This is something that we see it could be an elective in high schools throughout the entire country. But we also see it is not something that is synonymous with America. Like you said, we travel a lot and we do it very intentionally, whether we're in Davos, Switzerland, or we're in Ghana, or we're in London. The message is the same. People are looking for someone to democratize the theory of what finance should be and how it can be relatable to them. And so global domination is something that we see, right? This message we want to spread throughout the world because we took it from that watching sports, right? I always give the analogy, the rumble in the jungle was bigger than a boxing match. Thrill in Manila was bigger than a boxing match. It wasn't to say I'm the U.S. champion. It was to say, like, I'm the champion of the world. We're taking that same approach when it comes to finance. We want to be the champions of this message, but not in a way where it's incompetent saying we're going to send our message. No, we want to take what's being done in all these other countries and see how we can incorporate it, how we can build bridges, and how we can work together to champion it for everyone. Um, because, like I said, it, it's a mission that's worthwhile and is definitely needed. Troy and Rashad, on your path to global domination or taking your message around the world, we appreciate you stopping in here and joining us on the Bid Podcast. We appreciate you having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bid. If you've enjoyed this episode, check out the episode on emergency savings from September last year, featuring Claire Chamberlain, where we dig into factors that are exacerbating this problem and solutions to overcome them. Subscribe to The Bid wherever you get your podcasts. This content is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or a solicitation. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. In the UK and non-European economic area countries, this is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. In the European economic area, this is authorised and regulated by the Netherlands Authority for the Financial Markets. For full disclosures, go to blackrock.com slash corporate slash compliance slash bid dash disclosures.